Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Robert. This is a podcast all about reality television, kind of. Sort of. Uh, guys, welcome to a brand new week. I guess the weeks technically start on Sundays, although me and you have had quite the throwdown about this. We go we? back and forth on calendars. Like, when when should the week start? A Sunday or a Monday? But I think you can welcome them to a brand new freaking month, doggy. That it's is true. August. It is August. How have we made it to August? Who knows? But before we jump into this fantastic program, I'd like to tell you about another program Ashley and I do. It's called a Patreon. Guys, we do two bonus episodes a month for the $5 tier over on patreon.com forward slash reality blows. We just dropped the second of the two from July of 2020. And uh, guys, it was just an entire recap of Ashley Brooke Roberts' birthday. Yeah, get in there before Patreon folds. Uh, the business looks like it's going down. Is so that you, true? Yeah. I didn't hear about that. What oh, happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of lawsuits and stuff happening. Based on what? I think it's the tax thing. Remember oh, when we were yeah. struggling trying to figure out how to do the taxes? I and... literally don't know what that is. We do not make anywhere <laughs> near enough money for that to uh, spark any sort of uh, concern for me. But I imagine, um, I mean, we know a few people that make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month yeah. on Patreon. So I know um, people who have made a fortune off their Patreon. And so I imagine the taxing over there is probably not inconsequential like ours is. Correct. Um, so don't worry about it, man. Just get over to ours <laughs> and just fucking party, man. Yeah, buy some coffee. Uh, um, everything's going to fold. I found out Men's Warehouse is uh, is filing for bankruptcy today and also Lord & Taylor. No, for not today. Lord & Taylor. Yes, Lord & Taylor. Men's Warehouse... Quite specifically because of the fact that no one needs to wear a suit right now. Wow, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? It's just like not the time for suits in this world. Do you think the fallout to the pandemic and quarantine will be formal wear? Oh, man. I mean, I I invested in sweatpants uh, <laughs> in March, and I'm a millionaire. Well, I'm trying to. Oh, my God. If you could just buy stocks and sweatpants, and sweatpants. <laughs> I would have swooped them up. I've been trying to buy a tie-dye tracksuit, you know, tie-dye sweatsuit. They're sold out Can't everywhere. fucking find them, folks. Not a sweatpant to be found yeah, everybody's, anywhere. Every, but I think this is good because I've always, I mean, I always looked forward as a kid to the future when everyone was wearing onesies. Like on Star Trek, everyone had onesies on. And I was like, that seems better. You know, we all just kind of wear a basic uniform that's comfy. And, you know, we've taken out the sort of showing of class through garments. Seems great. As a kid, I recognized that was a cool thing. So maybe that's what this will, uh, 2021 will be about. Everybody's in sweatpants. I find that to be an infantile thing. What? I, don't, I don't find it to be that cool. I think onesies seem like infantile things. Um, plus, like, what happens when you have to pee-pee poopy? I mean, I is there a trap door? What do we do there? I mean cool a in flap? the sense that I like a utilitarian look, and I like I like the idea of, like, class being taken out of clothing. You mean, like, how onesies aren't classy at all? No, I mean uh, how, like, you're the upper class, middle class, and lower class are not being sort of, we're not signaling each other about which economic class we belong to based on what we wear. Now, these things, do um, you think of on, like, a Zoom, if you have, like, a Zoom 
real Zoom meeting. Yeah. Okay. Like and, if we had real jobs. We had real jobs. I mean, we do Zoom meetings. I mean, uh, Ashley and I are about to embark on a brand new um, weeks of uh, new classes that we're going to teach uh, in, a, in a couple of hours from now. Yeah. But I mean... I'm throwing on, I got my t-shirt, my, my backwards baseball cap on. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm showing up. But do you think these people who have to really work on Zoom, are they getting in like workwear? Are you putting on a button-down shirt and, and, and maybe even a tie if you're like an executive or something? Babe, this has been a whole thing all quarantine. What? I'm shocked that you're bringing this up as if you're out of the loop. I must be out of the loop. I don't know what a normal person does during the day. They do. They could do business up top, party down under. Yeah, but how businessy? I mean, are you, you, are you wearing ties? Down. Are you wearing ties? I mean, if you're a news reporter on television, oh, yeah. Well, of course, if you're on yeah. television. But if you're yeah. just doing a basic, you know, um, meeting at if your you, job, you're doing you're a like button a, down. If you're like a CEO of a company and you're like talking to your other executives. You're um, probably in a tie. You're probably in a tie on Zoom. Yeah, wow. I would assume. Yeah. And do you think that they go the full nine and actually like tuck in a shirt to a nice pant? You know, I for some reason am less concerned about what the men are doing and how much time the women are continuing to spend on putting on makeup. Well, I've noticed on some of these television programs, you can see who has uh, a skill set in makeup and who doesn't because they do not have hair and makeup teams on these some of these anchors and some of these. I noticed that, uh, my mother is pointing out the women on The View, um, and you could tell that like a few of them like are have been in this business a long time and can like figure out what works for them. They got skills. And, and a couple of the newer ladies on the show like desperately need their um hair and makeup team mm. like i mean they have flyaways i mean we're, we're talking a lot of stuff going on where it, it you definitely look a lot different than you did three months ago when you were in studio with a with a hair person i love a hair and makeup team i'll say it right now i love it they always put on so much makeup on my face and i'm shocked and i'm like this is gonna look horrible and then i see it on camera it looks great anytime i've had to have makeup on to be on camera i've it's been miserable for me. I think I've shared this before. Wait, why has it been miserable? Sweat too much. Oh, right, right, right. Sweat under those lights, and now yeah. I got makeup running around. And these terrible—not uh, terrible—these poor makeup ladies having to come over and touch me up. And can we get? My... Can I get a second? Can I get a second? He's got a little shiny. He's shiny. Um, uh, I've said yeah. this before, but you know, Jeff Goldblum's the only person I've ever worked with who has refused hair and makeup. Even when the network was like, please let, let, let us put on some powder. And he said no. And he, he claims that's what keeps him looking so young. Just not doing that to his skin. Yeah. Very interesting, Jeff. Very interesting. So you're right. We did talk a Patreon about my birthday. Talked about your birthday and uh, from a whole start bunch of to other finish. Stuff. Apparently, I also went on a long rant about um, my feelings against. Uh, the season of Christmas, not the holiday, the season of Christmas. Specifically gift giving. Yes. We got some feedback that Nick went on a rant. Yeah. Well, this is what's nice about living with somebody who is uh, a patron, which is my mother. I mean, yeah. we're living um, in her attic, which is a clubhouse for the summer. And uh, she ha is quick. I mean, was quick last night at dinner. To say, hey, do you mind if I give you some um, feedback? And I believe she said, uh, do you mind if I criticize, give you some criticism? What did she say? Do you remember exactly feedback, what the feedback. lead? Feedback. It wasn't. It wasn't even criticism. No, it was criticism. It was criticism. <laughs> and she was like, you know, you talked a mile a minute there, and and, and you talked like fifteen minutes about about Christmas. It's just like, you know, what's going on? Well, I mean, you. you oh, she said that I was. Um, I seemed like I was like 
shot out of a cannon or uh, you're giving her more um you're giving her more like you're putting the more character on this it was much more lax it was not <laughs> i'm being lax right now you uh, know what maybe because it wasn't about me i didn't really notice the tone no but it just seemed like a casual that. note it was not a casual <laughs> note it was like a prepared statement a takedown if you will Nick just went on a rant about Christmas. Uh, you're going to have to sign up to the Patreon to listen. But um, we covered all of the birthday things, except we didn't cover the next day, which was my girls hang in Brooklyn. I, we went in, I drove into Brooklyn to see some gals and we all sat six feet apart in a circle in a little hidden gym in Prospect Park. I didn't even know about it. It's called Mount Prospect Park. And it's kind of like to the side of the park. You got to climb some stairs to get to it. And it's just a, a, a field. Usually Prospect Park, I feel like is like there's, it's packed with people to the point where like your blankets are coming up against other people's blankets. This was just like a little, oh, Oasis, and um, we all just kind of sat around. We had we brought individually wrapped snacks and we put them in the circle so that like you could take a snack and not have to reach your hand into the same thing as somebody else. And we played Code Busters on our phone because that's like a group game you can play, which was really fun. I think we should try that sometime here. Um, and it was just like very cool. To see people. This is my first social distance hang since March. So that's like, what, four or five months? And um, it was awesome. You know what else it was? What? Exhausting. I came home. I was so tired. And then I slept all the next day. From all that code busters? I think just from all the social interaction. Like, I forgot that it takes energy. It was super fun. I loved seeing everybody. It was a great time. Um, but like socializing is an activity and I, I have forgotten that in quarantine. I was so sleepy and tired. Well, hold on. So you, I didn't know that you played a game. Yeah, of course we played a game. So you guys were hanging out in a park yeah. and you guys were playing a game on your phone. Well, we, so the way that you play is you talk to each other and then you just hit something on your phone once you come to a decision. So it's like, we weren't like staring at our phones. We like hung out for like two hours and then we were like, let's play Code Busters. And it involves you like talking to your team. Did you win? Um, we did. We won the second round. My team won the second round. Wow. Yeah. But you were saying that um, it was pretty tough to socialize through masks. Um, I felt like, you know, it was the good thing is that we were all on individual blankets so we took our masks off because we were all six feet apart i felt the tough thing was like not touching my friends like at one point me and my friend went up to use the bathroom we threw on some masks and we were just walking next to each other to the bathroom and i just wanted to like put my arm around her and be like hey just because i miss her and like instinctually wanted to hug her so and like when we were saying goodbye to everybody that was tough um, I'm not sure I'll ever have any problems not touching my friends. We did a lot of elbow bumps. That was like the thing. We all elbow bumped each other goodbye. And then I drove a couple people back to their apartments in Brooklyn because I had the car. And when we were all in the car, everyone had their masks on. And that was kind of weird. That was like the only times it felt weird was like saying goodbye in the car. And when I was walking to the bathroom with Natasha, I really just wanted to give her a little hug, a little side squeeze. I, uh... You know, I didn't realize this, but I think I've been looking for a way to keep 
a six feet distance between me and my friends for the end of time. Mm. I, I I don't mind not having having a, I don't mind having a reason to not be that close to any of my dirty rotten friends. You're not into touching. I hate touching. You're not into touching. It's just and which is very odd you that you and I are together because I love to touch. Yeah, well, you, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind you touching me, and I, I like to touch you, too. I'll give you a little squeeze on the shoulder every <laughs> couple of weeks, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to, I don't like, um, like, uh, something that I really despised at one point in my life is the, everybody's got a hug when we walk. You hate that. The, you, the, Nick, the, hates the, that. The, hi, how are you doing, hug, and um, I really never like that and i i i mean i remember being uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable and i don't want to do it and it was strange that that became a part of life in my world where i was like anytime i enter a room and i see a person i haven't seen in 36 hours i have to give them a hug like i I don't understand why are we doing this and you know I, i i mean now i'm glad i'm i'm absolutely vindicated because uh, no longer will anybody ever hug somebody who is not a direct blood relative of theirs. You don't think so? No, I mean, obviously, that's not true, but... Um, we'll I be mean, giving hugs shortly. I'm not going to be giving any hugs to anybody, and I guarantee you that it's going to take a... There's going to be a large generation of folks, us and younger, um, and then uh, who remember, um, like, oh, yeah, we don't really touch each other that much. Mm. Um, because you can spread a virus that way. And people who are born, you know, in five years from now, and then, you know, 20 years from then, they'll probably be hugging and shaking hands, and they'll be like, yeah, my dad never hugged. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be because of the normal reasons why dads don't hug. It's because of the virus, you know. And I'm fine with that. I will accept that. Cool. You know, I, I, I don't. I'm not going to accept that. So I just want you to know that I'm going to be hugging on you all the time. Um, and, and I think that like, I think humans need touch, you know, isn't that a thing when kids don't have touch at a young age, it like stunts them developmentally. Also makes them strong. Last point I'd like to make is that I find, you know, you were talking about, there's like a period where you have to hug everybody when you walk into a room. I find that to be specifically, um, you know, sort of obnoxious with stand-up comedy because when you go to a show, you've got to hug every comic that's on the show, the producer, and it's like no other job is like that where you like show up to the comedy show and now you got to like hug all of your colleagues. Like that's weird, right? It's like a strange form of networking. It's like a strange form of networking and I think it's also like with comedy it's like you're my colleague and also my friend. There's like everyone's are like we're peers and friends but also we're working together. You know. Well, everybody's always like oversharing as like their career, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like when you overshare in front of a person you know, you kind of feel like you formed a bond with them if they accept you and also that's true. in turn overshare. And that's what's going on usually when somebody is performing their own act. They're oversharing. They're oversharing, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of bonding you to that person. But yeah. like 
it's a controlled overshare situation that you're forced to do because you're you're in a you're performing to an audience. I I, I don't know uh, exactly why it happens, but there is an intimacy that comes with hey, we're all on this show together, and also there's usually libations flowing. Mm. People are drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like after ten Spirits. p.m. quite yeah. a bit. You know, and. You see these people and hang out with these people like over and over again. Yeah. And you become friends with them. I mean, and and I don't know. It's it's definitely not a work environment what at you, all. What do you think's going on outside of our window right now with all of these um like are those turtle doves? They look like turtle doves, yeah. Are just kind of congregating outside the window watching us. I mean, I don't know if they're watching us. They uh the there seems to be a, a turtle dove community in this neighborhood. My oh. mother, um, they're five. They're like five feet away from us on a perch, looking in the window. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my mother uh, helped uh, them. Uh, maybe not these specific turtle doves, but yeah, a group of turtle doves uh, give birth to a new member of their family. She was the doula. She coached them through the labor process. Yeah. She, uh, she allowed them to uh, uh, make their nest in like a little bush mm-hmm. in uh, in her on her uh, porch on her deck yeah and uh it um was a great trial to to witness and now yeah. they kind of float around here every once in a while and i wonder if these i mean this is the back part of the house this is not the front part of the house but i do wonder if these are f- part of the same clan do you think they're like um sort of we can call them our turtle doves sure yeah sure they're the the turtle doves of the house they they must be doing something out there. I mean, we got one that's really at, at the peak of the house next door, um, which really gets quite a bit of wildlife. I can't on the believe roof on how this. much happens at the peak of that house this, next door. <laughs> we have a house that's directly behind the house that we're staying in, and um, they don't know it because they can't see from their vantage point. But from our vantage point, which is on the top level of this home, uh, we get to see all of the animals that crawl all over that roof. And I'm seeing turtle doves here. And uh, most notably, if you guys are our patrons, you'll know that there is a raccoon that visits that house. And I cannot... Okay, so we're on the shore. All the houses are like right next to each other because you get a house at the shore, not for the yard, but for the beach access. Everyone knows that. So this house is like six feet away from us. Like it's so close. So you can get a raccoon up on that house and you're just like making direct eye contact with a raccoon. It's quite crazy it honest. really is um and uh yeah so and that raccoon is animated i mean a lot of stuff going on <laughs> with that raccoon what's interesting about with the raccoon is when it crawls up it really is human-like when it climbs up onto the roof it moves like a small boy yeah and it's like when it's like trying to get down from like the top of the roof to like uh one of the lower tiers of the roof it like kind of scoots down, you know, feet first, and then, like, hangs there with his hands, and then it kind of, like, dangles his little feet, and it's, like, <laughs> as if how I would probably get down off of a roof. It's it's so human-like, the way that it makes its moves. Not necessarily graceful. When Mm-mm. it climbs the drain pipe, it's struggling, you know? <laughs> it's not like some squirrel that just, like, scales a fucking wall. It's, yeah, it's not parkouring through no, the neighborhood. No, now, boom, I, I turned around for a second, turned right back around. Those turtle doves are gone um speaking of this neighborhood we had a really fun time nick and i filming a short uh film 
for a show last week. So every month, me and comedian Sarah Tolomash, we do this show on YouTube Live um, called At Home Film Fest. We ask like a bunch of funny comedians to submit short and films. And a couple of unfunny ones. To submit short films, like around two minutes. And then we just bring them on the show. We chit-chat with them. We show their video. And we usually raise money for a charity. Um, this month, we had like a really great lineup. And I, I always make a film for it. Um, and the film that I made this month featured Nick's mom and his grandmother. Absolutely. And they killed it. Knocked it out of the park. It was so fun to shoot with someone besides just me and you. Wasn't it? I mean, I didn't shoot with them. I was filming it. You were filming. You were filming. But yeah, it was, I thought it was great. I thought they did a fantastic job. Yeah, the idea was basically that I'm like this character who um, wants to have her own gardening television show. Like, so she's like trying to shoot a show where she has her own show about gardening. And she, the issue is that she doesn't have a garden. So she just keeps like shooting a television show in other people's gardens and then getting chased out of them. And um, Donna, Nick's mom, she was, she voiced the first woman who kicked me out of her garden. And apparently she did such a convincing job that her kids were like, oh, that's the voice you used when we were in trouble. It was scary. It was triggering. <laughs> I was there. I was filming it, and she used. Uh, I think her. What was her line? Hey, like, who the, hey, hell, are who you? the hell are you? Yeah, she said, "Hey, who the hell are you?" And uh, when she said that, um, it scared me. It's funny because <laughs> I know that is the voice she uses with the dogs when yeah, they're in trouble. When they're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the uh, that's my mom has had enough voice, <laughs> and I've heard that many many times in my youth, and I hadn't really heard it. Um, in years and hearing it live, she had to do it a couple times. I mean, I really just bristled. <laughs> um, and then the, as you said, like, you know, my sister too, cause we, uh, uh, you know, the next day on your birthday, my sister her, and her boyfriend came over and we showed her the video and that part when my mom uses that voice, my sister literally had to pause the video and look at my mom and go, oh, my God, there's that voice. It's <laughs> kind of freaking me out. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that is the voice that she used. So, um, yeah, but she did a good job. It was convincing. It was yeah. Convincing. Scared your character. Greta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scared my character, Greta. Um, so go watch that if you want to. Just watch it. It's really good. Okay. It's on YouTube. And I put Lily in my video. You put Lily in your video. Also mm -hmm. me. I'm also oh, in your video. Right. You're also in my I'm video. also in your mm -hmm. video. Yeah. I should find a way to use Lily for the next one. That's a good idea. We got to use what is here. You know, you got to yeah. use your resources. Um, speaking of what is here, Nick and I are still at the Jersey Shore and our ceiling is still not fixed. Yeah. Did you guys know that our ceiling fell in in Brooklyn? <laughs> Uh, if if there was not more of a reason to never go back to that hellhole they call Brooklyn, New York. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, just to catch everybody up who maybe just started listening, uh, about 10 days ago, uh, I went back to our Brooklyn apartment and uh, just checking on it, just watering some plants, grabbing some mail, um, had to take care of a few things. I mean, it's weird when you've kind of like abandoned your home and for for months you yeah know, you got to go back once a week once every other week got to check on it ashley had gone back uh we have somebody who's checking on uh, um just going in and grabbing the mail and dropping it off in there and watering ashley's plants but not really doing like a house sitting situation so i was like i'll go back i'll grab the mail that's there i'll see what's up so i go back there on a friday i walk in and i'm like okay cool 
this place is all right. I look at the mail in the kitchen, you know, I check out the bathroom. I realize it kind of smells like Lily's pee. I realize that she must have been peeing in the corner of the bathroom and we didn't realize it. I'm like, okay, that's noted. That's noted. And I walk in my living room. I go, oh, my couch is here. Oh, my TV. All right. No one stole those things. Great. I walk into my uh, bedroom. I go, okay, there's my bed. Yep, those are our closets. That's it. Oh, Ashley's jewelry's there. There's the big hole in the ceiling. That, oh, what? That's right, folks. A huge, huge hole in our ceiling. Um, and we are on the top floor, so that could be scary. Uh, it's not, you don't, you can't see like Jesus Christ coming out of like a cloud. Like, yeah, you there's no the sky. sky yeah. You know, but uh, you do see some exposed beams that lead to an attic, and it's like, what's in that attic? Is that an attic? What is it? A crawl space? What is it? I'm sure it's just the boards that are on the on the ceiling. I don't. But there's no attic in an apartment building. We don't have an attic. Think we about have how- something up there because birds have nested in there. And when you walk up those stairs, that's like a good. There's like a good eight feet once you clear the top of our ceiling before you get to the roof. Yeah. So there's something up there. There's definitely a space up there. I don't know if you can get to it, but there's space up there. Birds have nested in there. I'm I, I'm actually shocked birds haven't been coming into our apartment since that space, since Who knows? the roof Maybe opened they come up. come in, grab something out of the fridge, and leave. Uh, we haven't been there. Uh, so Nick like calls the landlord trying to get it fixed, and it just so happened to be like in the middle of a giant storm where they were like, oh, but yours looks dry. And we were like, yeah. And they were like, okay, cool. Because like we got to take care of all these other roofs that have caved in and are now flooding people's houses from the rain getting yeah, in. Yeah, and also like my my the the guy, the landlord who owns the building, is uh, said something along the lines of like, ah, oh, wow, this water is really doing a number on these old old ceilings. And it's like, yeah, then fix them. Yeah. Like, make them new ceilings. Like, this cheap piece of shit. I have an issue. Okay, first off, like, the idea of being a landlord, like, that's not really a job. That's passive income, right? Yeah. Oh, and this guy is... Uh, puts the capital P in passive. Yeah. I mean, this guy does nothing. And the amount we're paying to have space there, you would think we would have like working. We have to move out. We have to move out. Oh, our place. We is have go- to move out. Every ceiling in that in that apartment is going to f- cave in because that's so the second ceiling that is the same type of ceiling. Yeah. That has caved in since I've known the place. Where are we going to move, babe? Oh, well, that's a whole nother can of worms. I mean, I don't even want to I don't even want to open that can of worms on this podcast. We got to move somewhere. We got to move somewhere. Ashley wants to move out of Dodge. I'm ready to go to Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. They're reshooting Scream, the movie Scream there. They call it the Hollywood of the East. And so I'm like, let's just move there, work on that movie. Yeah, we'll be over there. Hang out for a bit. You know what we should do? We should move down to Wilmington and star in the reboot of Scream. That's what I'm saying, doggy. Let's do. do it. My friend. I'll play Dewey. My friend just texted me, um, you'd be a great Dewey, babe. Thank you. I'll play Drew Barrymore. Um, my friend just texted me right before we began so the you'd be, podcast. You'd be killed immediately. Yeah, but it's scene. an iconic role. It is iconic. Yeah, it's iconic. But Dewey gets to be in like six movies. Well, okay. Then you'll be getting those fat checks and I'll be hanging out at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend texted me right before. We started the podcast like minutes before and it was pretty early. Yeah, it's early. It's like 9 a.m. 
And she texted, like, texted me an update. Just got to Atlanta. She's been driving all night. She left Brooklyn at, like, 4 p.m., drove through the night with her van and her boyfriend. They're moving to Atlanta for the next year, which is wild. Moved. Moved. Just they, straight up they moved, moved to, Atlanta. to Atlanta. They're there. They're there. So it, she did it overnight and just got there right before we started the pod. And I have to admit... I'm very excited for her and also inspired. Okay, well, to clarify things, you know, she's got family in Atlanta, but you have family yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, also, but, Atlanta. But, but Wilmington is not where you have family. Correct. I mean, it's hours from where your family is. Yeah, it's like two hour drive from my family. Which is not too bad. But I mean, that is, you know, they're, you know, that's the two. Hey, okay. She's got family there. You have family there. Okay, that makes sense, you know. Now, she. I would say has a career in which she can tour around and do stand up comedy at the point when that kind of opens up again, which yes. would be in the next year. Yes. You know, she can kind of work almost remotely and work on the road. You know, there's, yes. I mean, the Southeast has a healthy amount of live comedy that you can uh, tour and go see. And it's actually kind of known for the, um, you know, in, in the comedy community, Ways of uh, making money in a DIY sense of stand-up. You can book your own mini little tours just in Florida up up to, you know, Virginia, yeah. really, um, and hitting an, a room or two every, every couple of days. Um, so I feel like it makes sense for your friend to be, to move down there. Um, we need to have it make sense for us mm -hmm. to move there. Yeah. She also, Atlanta is like a hubbub of showbiz stuff. <laughs> well, it's what? a hub. A hub, a hub, not a hubbub. No, it's a it hub. could be a hubbub, but it's definitely not a hubbub <laughs> of showbiz stuff. It's <laughs> a hub of showbiz. There's a lot of showbiz stuff going on. Yeah, there. there's showbiz stuff Tyler there. Perry has like a, com a production compound in yeah. Atlanta. I just don't think we're going to get into the Tyler Perry world of movies. I could. I. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I see you. I could. There. Yeah. I don't see it. Why not? I just don't see I it. I could play the one white friend. White white friend number one. I don't know if you even could. Oh, babe. Um, I need you to believe in my career. Uh, well, I do. Just not in that. Um... But uh, yeah, I mean, we have to you have to make it make sense. I mean, yeah, we 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 want to move. We don't know where we want to move. We can I certainly don't want to live in the same apartment, at least that we live in. Uh, you know. But anyway, so it's been you know now ten days since that hole appeared magically in our ceiling of our bedroom, and it's been a struggle to get anybody to come over there and fix it. And yeah. as a matter of fact, today, which we are recording this on Monday morning. That was the big day in which somebody was supposed to come over there and fix it. And I had a friend of mine on lock to go over there and uh, open up for them and, and, and make sure that they could get in and then be able to lock us up again when they're done. Had that person on retainer. And this morning, our super, not our landlord, the person who's actually doing the work, uh, texted me and said that they had an emergency this weekend and won't be able to start work until Wednesday. Now, I find that to be some sort of a lie. Why? I just don't understand what emergency could this guy personally have that would stop him from working on Monday and not letting me know until an hour before he was supposed to start work. Oh. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems like he woke up and realized, I'm not going to be able to get this done. 
today. Yeah. This is a big job. I'm, I should probably start this on Wednesday. I now, was thinking that something happened over the weekend, something flooded, a pipe, a pipe burst, something like that, where he had to work Saturday and Sunday. And he's like, I'm taking Monday and Tuesday off. I'll get to it on Wednesday. Not a chance in hell this guy works on the weekends. An emergency over the weekend. No, I don't think so. Because when I, originally when we were supposed to get this work done uh, on the weekend, because it looked like it was more drastic situation than it was in my landlord's eyes, he had given me a different name of a man that works on the weekends. Oh. And then when I told him, well, how about we just start on Monday? That's when he gave us our normal. Super. Our normal dude. I mean, this is a lot of uh, I don't want to get involved in this hubbub right now. Hey, here, are but... you a rent lawyer? Yeah. Can, can you tell us? what to do here should we pay august rent oh we're not paying august rent until this is fixed we have to pay the august rent at some point do we pay the full when thing? it gets fixed when it gets fixed we'll pay the whole thing sure yeah when it gets when it gets fixed i think we can deduct a part of the rent for the days that we didn't have a ceiling yeah i mean if you want to get involved in all that i'm, I'm gonna back you up but what will happen is once our ceiling gets fixed i'll forget all about it and then i'll just pay him the full rent i mean that's kind of how he is i should have uh participated in uh you know no cancel rent uh, rent strike we never did you know we were good little soldiers and paid i mean we've been paying to the, this place that we have been living in all summer i mean so, uh, you know, I am definitely ready to exit. Now, the uh, the problem is, you know, we do, I, I, you know, people covet our neighborhood. Do you know what I we mean? We live in and the hottest neighborhood in town. We live in a cool neighborhood, and, and I, I enjoy the, the amenities. I like the atmosphere. I like the people. I, I like the- Convenience. Like the, the whole deal over there. I just don't like where we lay our head every night. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty over it. I mean, there are times when I'm very content there. Yeah. But if I would say that, like, hey, could I be living any- healthier and better you know yeah absolutely the answer is of course you know the problem is if we want to live in that neighborhood or, or a, an equal value of a neighborhood i mean we're gonna pay much much more twice rent. as much so twice it's as like much. i don't you know we are we are we are we have golden handcuffs as they say it's true um golden handcuffs were the ceilings falling in yeah so it's a different type of golden handcuffs it's actually the Almost the opposite of handcuff. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, like uh, shit handcuffs. You what? know what I mean? I don't know. So <laughs> we're, we're handcuffed in a way that it's like, yeah, it's golden. But the reason it's golden is because it's cheap. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so it's, it's That's almost why the it's opposite. A golden handcuff. But golden handcuffs would cost way more than our apartment. You but know? it's golden because it's a deal. It's golden because it's a deal. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is that worth it? I don't think we can talk about our apartment on here anymore because I feel like we talked about our apartment. I feel like we already did this roof caving in and it's all, the only thing on our minds because it's literally something we talk to each other about every day and we have yet to come up with a decision on what to do. So we're going to rest the topic until we come up with a decision and then we're going to tell you guys and you're going to be so impressed with our decision making skills. Um, I'm excited for you to hear whatever conclusion we come to. I'm excited to come to a conclusion. I I, I, I need this out of my life, to be honest, this apartment. Um, but something, Well, you like the apartment. I like the place. Anytime I, I like bring the up, space and an, the place. Anytime I bring up the fact that I... Like, you'll say I want to move, and then um, I feel like I'll go, okay, yeah, we should move, and you go, I like it. I like the, the neighborhood, and I like the price. You know, I do. Those are two things I like. But I think you also kind of think of our place as the home and you have, uh, 
all of our stuff is there. And so you think about all our stuff and you're like, man, I really like that stuff. I don't want to move. Right. Because, I mean, that's kind of what happened in the place we're living now is you basically brought, I would say, a third of our stuff here. Mm. So, like, when you leave here, I almost feel like you're going to feel like this is our place and you're not going to want to leave here. That's not true? No, I think I'll be okay. What? I I, I mean, I don't want to leave here because I like being here, but I also like being in our place. Think about that fateful day in which we have to pack up all of our stuff. It's going to be sad. You're not going to want to just stay here and just be be beach bums for the rest of our lives. I mean, that's very appealing. Live in my grandma's attic. Let's be honest. We both options are good. The winter's tough by the beach, but it is quite more quiet here. I wouldn't mind it. You wouldn't mind a quiet beach town in, in this in the winter? I don't think so. You can't buy any wine around here. You have to leave the neighborhood to get wine. How's that make you even, feel? I don't even like wine anymore. What? I haven't been drinking at all. Hey, I, I actually don't know stopped what's drinking going like on. about a month ago as well. It's been like two months for me. I had like a little tequila like um, when we did the at-home film fest on Thursday night. And I was like, no, not, don't need it. Is that why you were so frazzled? I wasn't frazzled. You, you were I was a frazzled. Bit frazzled. I, we're having internet issues, babe. I want to really. I really want to talk about the show we watched. Which show? We watched Kid Nation. Oh, we watched an episode of Kid Nation. We watched yes, an episode right. of Kid Nation. We, you know, we were looking for something to talk about on the pod. We, yes, we have crushed another season of Survivor. We knocked it out of the park. Denise's season. It was really good. We're very excited for the next season. I think Deese's, uh, Denise's final tribal council speech was the best I've ever heard. It was so succinct and tight and convincing. Um, just really love Denise. And like this now. This is a uh, season 24. Five Philippines, the yeah. Philippines. Now I really want to go back and like I, I, every time we watch another season, I'm always like, man, I want to rewatch Winners at War. I understand now why that was such an iconic season, but um, really wonderful. Loved this. I, this season, though, had the worst Ponderosa I've ever watched, and that was a hundred percent because of a woman named RC who had just a very, like, a nervous tick laugh, which is not her fault. But it was clear that, like, every time she had nothing to say, she would punctuate her sentences with a sort of um, grating laugh. And it pretty much ruined the whole Ponderosa for me. Well, I'll be honest. I actually didn't think this was the worst Ponderosa. I thought the Ponderosa from... um Brains versus Brawn versus... Uh, all right, no, no, that's uh, 28. That's Cochran. No, no, um, the Cochran season, the first Cochran, which I believe is season Oh, wait, that wasn't Brain, yeah. Three or something yeah. like that. Whatever the first Cochran season is, which is the Ozzy versus yeah. Coach mm-hmm. season, Yeah. to me, that had a pretty piss-poor Ponderosa. Um, it was just kind of like people were like, yeah, I'm pretty fine with it. And then Cochran showed up and they were like, why'd you do that? We're pissed at you. Um, And then that was basically it. At least in this Ponderosa um, with RC, she was like a maniac when people came by who she thought ruined 
their chances of winning. And they actually had to have like a survivor psychologist sitting there. Like mediating conversations between her and artists and her and Pete. And it it, to me was like, I've never seen, I've watched enough Ponzerosas at this point that this was the first time that I had seen a mediator step in. She'd be like, but don't you, can't you admit that on day 11, when I told you to unite our tribe, (laughs) don't you wish you had listened to me? Because we wouldn't be here now if you had done that. It's interesting that, um, and I'm sure if you're there, it makes a lot more sense, but I've noticed this trend in survivors where they know exactly the day anything happened, and they're like, oh, you mean day six? You know, it's just like, oh, that time that we spilled the rice by accident, you mean day 14? You know, they know exactly what's going on on any day. And I wonder, are they, like, taking notes with a rock and some sand? I mean, how the hell did she know that day 11 is when it all fell apart for her? I mean, maybe that's the day that she got eliminated. I don't know. But to me, when somebody starts dropping the the, the day number on people, I'm like, ooh, you, you, you're still stuck in survivor brain. Oh, yeah, she was for sure. I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow when you get sort of blindsided or you get, you get kicked off of that show. You get the boot, but... Uh, but boy, boy, that RC really couldn't handle it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, um, uh, it was a pretty decent season, and I would say it wasn't um, wasn't exciting. And and the, the the characters were not of the any of like a crazy level that they've been in some of the other seasons that I've enjoyed. Yeah, like that Coach Ozzy season had a bunch of people on that show that were like, oh, these are kind of crazy, entertaining folks. I mean, just Coach himself, to me, is just worth the price of admission. And He's incredible. You know, previous to that, we had watched uh, the Tony first win, which was season 28 in Cagayan, and that was maybe the best cast I had seen ever on this show, um, as far as newcomers go. This was kind of bland, and, and, and you know, that, and Denise won, and, and Denise just played like a strong game. You know, wasn't, she didn't, she didn't, blindside you know anybody outwardly and and wasn't like an evil villain kind of like how tony was and you know she just played a good game you know so um we watched it basically because that was the season betwixt the two cochran seasons that we wanted to watch and so next will be the cochran win season which i i I assume we're going to take a couple more days of a break i mean we have been crushing these seasons yeah we got to take a break we got to take a break we we found out also after we finished this denise season like the night of we found out that cbs has uploaded um, like 20 seasons of the challenge. And so we popped on the first episode of season 11, which is TJ's first episode as a host. And we watched that. It's the gauntlet. Um, and we were like, maybe we'll watch this. And that could be something we did. But we also really wanted to check out a show we'd never seen before at all that's sort of similar to what we like, um, which are these competition sort of uh, socially engaged shows where there's also challenges and like, let's see who can last. And so we found a show we've heard of, you know, we, it's been on our periphery, but we never dived in. And that was Kid Nation. Well, where did you hear of Kid Nation? I just saw some buzz on the internet about it like a couple months ago. Okay, because you were the one who was like, we should watch Kid Nation. I was like, that's interesting because I know about Kid Nation, but I just didn't feel like you were tapped into reality lore as much as I I have been. And so the fact that you brought it up, I was like, oh, it must be popping up somewhere. I'm not tapped into reality lore. And I think I just saw a couple people mentioning it. And I was like, what is this? And then you, oh, you know what it was? At the end of Winners at War, 
when Jeff says like, and we want people to apply who who might be younger than have ever applied before. Sixteen. Yeah. That um, some people on the Reddit were like, a Survivor doing a Kid Nation, you know, version, and I was like, what's Kid Nation? And then I noticed some people tweet about it, and then you told me last night that it recently was brought on put back on youtube it, so it, i think somebody that's what uploaded happened. somebody uploaded every episode of kid nation and put it in a playlist on youtube it's there right now so you guys can watch commercial free every episode of kid nation in a row um and uh we watched the first episode but i had watched the first episode maybe the first two episodes of kid nation when it aired um, I know I didn't finish it. I would have remembered it more. But uh, watching that episode last night reminded me, I saw this shit. I remember this. I remember some of these kids. And Kid Nation is like an infamous show where they basically did Survivor with children. Yeah. Um, and on CBS. And it's hilarious. I mean, uh, we watched only the first episode of it. I assume it's going to get stranger as like the 15 episodes roll through but uh, and i kind of want to watch the whole thing i don't know about you i'm into watching the whole thing um i like the concept i am a little worried for the kids i mean well, of course th they're living in this like western town that they are told was Bonanza. um was abandoned it's actually a studio set that was it? yeah it was erected in santa fe for the show i'm pretty sure or it was already there but it's not like an abandoned town that's like just part of the lore and the show is hosted by one of the property brothers which is weird is that um, true yeah it's one of the property bros and um it's i i forgot the guy's name but he's apparently like Stephen karsh or something so he's kind of doing Jonathan like Jonathan Karsh. He's ever doing a Jeff Proops type hosting. Proopst. And so all the kids get there and it's like, okay, here are your supplies. Now you have to walk a couple of miles to your town. And it's interesting to see these kids walk. And there's also like a council and they're competing in these activities for money that they can spend at a convenience store. And there's different classes. It's weird that they're like, okay, you're going to go start a new society and you're going to prove that kids can, you know, create a peaceful world. But then they also like enforce a class system onto the kids and then they have four special kids helicoptered in so there's already like something separating them so it's kind of like it's a flawed premise from the get-go um we did do a little deep dive into some of the the like characters of the afterwards we found one of the people had a youtube channel she started making youtube videos during quarantine this is sophia right that was her name i believe so she started making youtube videos during quarantine and she's kind of like the star of the first episode i think that she plays a big role throughout the season she wins the star of the first episode yeah she wins the twenty thousand dollar gold star and then she um so she started making youtube videos during quarantine and then she pulled all of her youtube videos off like a couple weeks ago but someone like was able to upload um all of them archive them so we got to see like a quick q a that she did it was like she answered like three questions um but that was interesting and then nick found out that there were some podcasts that were beefing over it which was also interesting yeah so i was like i had i was like oh i gotta see where these kids are now so i searched on youtube and saw that there were some interviews done with some of the kids um this year and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And I realized that they were coming. They were being ripped from 
like a podcast. And so I'm like, oh, there must be like a Kid Nation podcast. So I searched Kid Nation on, on my podcast thing. And there were two Kid Nation podcasts called Kid Nation Nation. Uh-oh. And it seemed like those two podcasts might have a little bit of beef based on the comments. Um, and uh, the comments being like, oh, so you guys want to steal a name of a podcast <laughs> and put out a worse product? Well, one star. And it's like the other uh, podcast comments is like, well, these are a bunch of content creators who are bullies to other hosts of podcasts. I like the real Kid Nation Nation. One star. There's like a podcast war going on, and well, they were leaving crappy reviews for each other and getting each other's friends to leave bad reviews. It, it seems like I was not the only person to realize that Kid Nation had been uploaded on YouTube in full, and so immediately a bunch of people decided to like, let's recap this thing. And so they're doing recaps of it. I'm kind of excited by it because I think what I'm probably going to do is if I decide to watch this show any longer, I'll probably pop on one of these podcasts and listen to what other people have to say about it. I'm very interested in these people who have found the Kid Nation participants yeah. and are kind of asking them interviewing uh, them. questions about their experience because to me, I, I got to know what a 10-year-old thinks about the fact. Now, the thing that we saw about this Sophia person yeah. is like she was pretty jaded. Like it was like uh, to me, not, not what I was looking for. Like, well, was she jaded? Because to me, she just seemed like a New Yorker. She's yeah. like, now I'm here. I'm not in New York and I'm just studying for the bar. And she just seemed kind of like a new, she had a New Yorker attitude. Let me, let me correct what I meant. Uh, boring it was boring okay she didn't get in like i wanted her to just like give us the tell-all like yeah. you know what i mean like give i want to know what exactly what happened to you and then tell us like what it what it felt like to be on this thing now people kind of call this like the craziest what are these people crazy putting this show on and and like, well this there's the, no this... did we say sorry to interrupt but when we were giving the breakdown of this we didn't point out that there are no adults no adults <laughs> it's just it can children create like a society 40 kids living in a town can they create a society will they live and like i guess the idea is like is this the dumbest reality show ever is this the craziest and i want to know if something horrible goes wrong like why didn't it get picked up for a second season does a kid get like dysentery like you know like what happens that makes this a, a failed experiment because after the first episode it kind of seems normal some kids drink bleach i heard about that uh some kids drink bleach but not on camera and a girl got burned by a fire okay so i want to watch this you see <laughs> no, you see don't this. see it on camera so i was also wondering why there was not a second season i mean it's it's too clickbaity of an idea not to have a second season. Apparently, there were a lot of labor issues that came up with the kids being on camera, like all of the time. Like, you just can't do that with kids on camera. The production company faced like legal action from the state of Arizona. Um, their kids, a couple of kids accidentally drank bleach, uh, one kid was um, burned. And I, I also got, I looked into their contracts because I was like a little curious about contract law with these things. Because it's just like you, the union, kid, kids labor unions, especially in show business, I guess in all businesses, but I, I'm just familiar with it in show business. They're very strict. You have to have a certain amount of off camera time. It's, it's really intense. So guess, let me tell you a little bit about this contract. I want you to react to it, Nick. Okay. Um, how much do you think the kids were promised? These are eight, nine, ten-year-old kids being taken, aw taken away from their family to live in the middle of nowhere, um, to be on camera all the time. 
there were producers around. So they say no adults are there, but there are sort of producers kind of helping. Um, how much do you think these kids were paid? An episode? No, like total, like their contract promise. Like, because there's chances to win money. But like, as a character on this show, you're going to be here, I think, for it was like what? 36 like, days. Yeah, 36 days. How much do you think they got paid? I'm going to say $10,000 a kid. 5000 Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's low. That is so insanely low. Yeah. And then the contract also stipulated. That must be scale. That I don't even know how that could be passed union-wise that's so low, like with the amount of camera time you're talking about. Then the contract also said that the production company was not responsible if your kid was hurt, um, killed, <laughs> impregnated, what? or got HIV <laughs> in the contract. Oh, my God. We got to watch the rest of this. One last thing. This is going to blow your mind. All right. And I don't even know, like how this is possible the contract also secured the production company's rights to these kids life story forever why forever for infinity into beyond and the parents signed these things? The parents signed what these things. What a bunch of psychopath parents. So you're, this production company, whoever they are, I'm, I'm sure, you know, they're probably, who knows if they got buried by these lawsuits. We should look into that. But that means they have the rights to these kids' life story when they're like 50. They want to sell their autobiography. I was on Kid Nation. Nuh-uh, you can't do that because this production company owns the rights to your life story. This is the story of Jimmy. An eight-year-old who signed up for a reality TV show and quit on the second day. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's pretty wild. I mean, I got to watch the rest of this. Yeah. I have to. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I'll be honest. It was a fun watch. The first episode it wasn't fun. Wasn't not fun to watch. Like, it was so, fun. Um, you know what I find interesting is at the end, like the the they award like these gold stars yeah. to uh, these kids. Um, and the gold stars are worth twenty thousand dollars. So like every episode has a winner, and then you can get a gold star, and it costs, and it's worth twenty grand. Yeah. Well, it's worth its weight in gold, which I found interesting in the Sophia Q and A because she was like, at the end of the show, we had the option to cash out for the money or the actual gold. Yeah. And she was like, I took the money. Um, she alludes to someone who took the gold. Alex. Alex took the gold, and that's like so smart because that gold is now oh. worth like so much more. Oh, absolutely, yes. So, um, but like, you also work at each at your little job that you kind of you know the tier that you're in. Labor you merchant. And uh, what I found uh, interesting was like then you can go and spend your money at the stores that you that you bought, and like you like five cents will get you two. Uh, pieces of candy and like yeah. some soda and they were so excited to go drink soda and eat candy which was a really fun part of this show I'm, I was like you think you could like take your gold you know star into that little corral and be like I will take $20,000 worth of bubble gum <laughs> thank you <laughs> Um, probably not. Probably not. But I, I mean, that would have been fun. Two things to note in this first episode is that the kids, the town council has to choose between uh, the reward that the kids get, which is either um, seven porta potties or a television set. Yeah, and it's like one uh, watching the two kids like who were like 
we need that TV. We like, have to like, have the TV. We're so it. bored. Yeah. Um, another thing I found really interesting is that like these kids, I would say the average age is like 10. We're like getting interviews from nine year olds, 10 year olds, 11 year olds, a couple 12 year olds, and then one 15 year old. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of older kids Two there. And it's just like, that was a, that was the na- main mistake they made. Although it was the entire uh, drama of the first episode was that kid like basically bullying 10 year olds. Yeah. Um, Why do you have Greg. a teenager on Kid Nation? That's that's the teen nation. Uh, guys, you know, um, I think we're going to watch more of this show. I'll tell you what, Big Brother All-Stars 22 shows up on Wednesday, folks. Woo-hoo! So I, I, we have a lot of folks that we're, we're, we've been following their careers for the past year. Um, you got a Josh in there, a Casey, a Devon, a Bailey, uh, Memphis from season 10, Keisha from season 10. Mm. So I think Ashley and I are going to watch Big Brother All-Stars, which, which starts this Wednesday. And so... You know, maybe we'll watch that and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, if you guys want to jump on board with that, I believe uh, Wednesday and Thursday there's episodes or maybe it's just the move in on Wednesday. I don't know. A lot of Big Brother to get through, but Can't that's what wait. I think we'll probably talk about next week. So uh, catch that. And uh, as you guys uh, know, uh, the challenge is over. So we won't be having uh, an episode uh, on Thursday. But uh, if you guys missed this season, the challenge, go check out all of our challenge recaps. If you actually go to our SoundCloud account, which is just Reality Blows podcast on SoundCloud, um, I have uh, made playlists of every single uh, season of recaps of the challenge that we've done, including the CTs getting married. So you can actually just go and listen to those in order without having to like, search on the podcast app, which I know can be kind of confusing. So if you want to just check out, we've re- we've recapped like the last like five seasons of this show um so like maybe even more um so go go check those out i'm not too sure how long it's going to be until we actually get another season of the challenge so you might want to uh go peep that stuff and also are you guys interested now that cbs all access has like a bunch of seasons of the challenge starting with season 11 you guys interested in us maybe recapping like old seasons of the challenge yeah. for our Patreon? And then, you know, would that be uh, an incentive for you guys to pay five bucks a month if we did like one of those a week? I don't know. Let us know. Um, you can email us uh, realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. That's a good way to contact us. You can also just check out uh, realityblowspodcast.com. Uh, dot com for all of your reality blows needs you can find our Mm -hmm. our instagram which we like to talk to people on which is at reality blows podcast you can dm us on twitter at reality blows pod which by the way someone did um send us someone like tweeted at us and they said that they listened uh they like our talking about our travels and that they don't really listen to the recaps. So that was like kind of cool. I know you just plugged our recap. Yeah, thing. no, but it's good to know but, what you guys are interested yeah. in. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that we're doing stuff that people like. Also, thank you to, uh, we had a couple people that uh, answered our little fingers question about Kyle. Yes, um, tell on, them. On uh, Instagram. It turns out that it's a Game of Thrones reference and I don't watch Game of Thrones. Ashley watched a couple of seasons, but I don't know if she caught up to that reference. Um, but I had no idea what it was. But thank you for letting us know about that little fingers thing uh, to the people that reached out. We really appreciate it. Um, rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.